Hi, my name is Jonas from Danier Accounting. So with this podcast here, I just want to briefly give an overview on an APS. We did some other podcasts about different things where we compared the APS with an IVS and also we talked a little about auditing requirements, etc. So here I'm just going to like briefly sum up specifically for the APS if you're interested in that. Um, the first thing I can mention is that an APS needs to be registered with the Danish Ministry of Business Affairs. You need to have a minimum of 50,000 Danish kroner in equity. As the owner, you're not liable personally for the debts that there is in the business. What you're liable for is the equity that you deposit when you found the company. So normally that would be 50,000 Danish kroner. The equity inside the APS, the limited liability company, always belongs to the company. It doesn't belong to the owners. So that's important when you start to think about taking money out of the business. Well, you can't really do that unless you get a payslip or you get a dividend. It's illegal to borrow money for the company. So if you just make a transfer, for instance, to your private account, that's illegal and the fine normally will be the same as the money that you have borrowed from the company. So the rules are quite tough on, on, on that uh, type of transaction. So try and avoid that. You also need to have a management in an APS. You can have one or multiple managers. The easiest, of course, is to have one. You also need to have a group of owners that owns the shares in the APS. And you can have either one or you can have multiple owners. It's the same as with the management. After you registered the APS, you get a CVR number and the CVR number is equivalent of a VAT number. And you also get a digital mailbox, which we call an e-box. You can enter the e-box by going to ebox.dk. You need to have like a digital signature or a name ID to log in. But this is where the government sends all the mail. You don't get any mail anymore by a normal post. So everything goes into this e-box. So that's important that you remember to get that up and running. In terms of depositing the, the equity when you start an, a new APS, well, either you can have the 50,000 required in cash or you can make a non-cash deposit. So the easiest definitely is having the cash and we always recommend to do that because it's quicker. But there are a few clients that don't have the cash and, and need to deposit some assets instead. That could be a car or maybe some goods or some inventory. But it's just a little more complicated. I mean, if you want to do that, then you need to have an auditor to make a list of the things that you want to deposit into the new company's equity. And they have to make a like estimate and an evaluation on the value and sign that the value is so-and-so in order for you to to prove that you have 50,000 in equity. So that work is charged for by the auditor, so it's like an additional cost for registering the business. So if you have the money, it's quicker, it's easier, and yeah, and you just save some money for the auditor. So that's recommendable. In terms of the liability, I already mentioned briefly that um, that you're not liable personally when you have an APS so that's that's nice if you run a business and you want to sleep tight at night if you worry about bills etc the money that you can lose is the money inside the business so in the beginning you have the 50,000 krona that you have deposited 
if the company makes a lot of revenue and it saves up a lot of money, then of course your your liability in theory will be higher, right? Because you always risk to lose all the money that's inside the APS. In terms of the management, like I said before, one manager is, is definitely the easiest, but in theory you can have several managers. That's all up to you. But most clients choose just to have one managing director. And the managing director can be the same person that's also the owner, so it's not like there's any restrictions to being an owner and a manager. That's totally up to you. Normally when decisions are made in the limited liability company, then naturally these are made ultimately by the owners. So if it's like big decisions that's not made on a day-to-day -day basis by the managing director, then a shareholder meeting is held where all the owners sit down and that could be if it's only you then it's you sitting down in theory and then you present the different suggestions there is to be made in the company and then there is a vote made so where all the shares can vote and whatever the majority of the votes agree well that's what is going to be written down in the in the statutes or in the strategy for the business depending on naturally what kind of suggestions it is. Every once a year the limited liability company needs to submit an annual report. So nowadays these annual reports are digital so we don't anymore do them in paper and submit these. Everything is done online and digitally. The annual reports are public by the way, that's nice to know. So everyone can actually log into the government website and withdraw all your annual reports and see how it's going in your business. You don't need to make your sales public, but they can always see like the salary cost you have and they can see the revenue or the deficit and they can also see the equity, etc. So yeah, so at least that's nice to know so you don't get any surprises if the competitors are looking at your annual reports. The annual reports do not any longer have an audit requirement when the company is small. There are a few limits. We made another podcast also about auditing like if you need audit or not so if you're interested in that you can listen to it of course but in general the small APSs can decide if they want to have an audit or not and we naturally recommend that you don't have audit if you don't really need it I mean there can be times where you want it maybe you have some big investors or something that says that it's a requirement for them to have the audit if they want to invest that would be a special situation but if you don't have that then there is not really any need to have the audit it's just going to make your annual report more expensive. So that's good for us, but of course bad for you. In addition to the annual report, well, then ongoing, the things that you need to consider is that you need to have a bookkeeping done. So in this bookkeeping, you're going to have to calculate the VAT. The VAT is normally submitted to the tax office every quarter. So it means that you finish your accounting, then you do a VAT declaration, and then you either pay the VAT or you make a VAT claim, depending on how much sales and how much purchase you've had. So the VAT is something you need to be registered for. There is also, if you have employees, and employees could also be yourself, if you work as the managing director and you want to have a payslip, then you're also considered an employee. If you get a payslip, you need to make sure that you register some salary system that can handle it. It's much easier than doing it yourself. After you've done the payslip, then the company needs to withhold 
the tax that relates to the employee. And in Denmark, that tax is called an A tax. So all A taxes relate to employees. The tax that the company pays are called a company tax. So that's a different thing. In Danish, that's called a selskabsskat. So that's something different. It's not the same as an A tax. In addition to the VAT and the employee tax and the company tax, then you could have, not always, but you could have some import and export that also requires a special registration. If you import things from outside European Union to Denmark, then you need to pay a special tax that we call toll, like T-O-L-D. And the size of this toll is dependent on what type of goods you are bringing into Denmark. If you buy things in European Union, you don't pay the toll anymore, but there are a few things that that has another kind of tax that we call Punktaufgifter. And there is a lot of goods, so I'm not going to mention all of them, but the ones that we normally see, for instance, is alcohol. If you buy wine or liquor or beer, let's say it could be from Germany and you take it to Denmark, then there is a special tax you need to pay. It could also be like uh, emballage, like uh, you know, paper bags, plastic bags, stuff like that. There's also a special tax on nuts that you take, like the nuts you sell in candy stores. And there are a few others, like there is um, like glass containers and we have something on special types of batteries. So if you are going to import things, you need to write down what type of goods you're importing and then you need to Google a little and see if you have these Pongdokifta to pay. So that was a little about the, the tax. The only additional one that I can think of right now is the dividend tax. And the dividend tax is only relevant if you take a dividend out. And normally, the clients we have at least tend to only take out normal pay slips where they pay the A tax. We don't have that many clients that takes a dividend. But naturally, it's an, it's an option. So. So that was just like an overview on the APS. I hope you learned a little. And like I said before, we have a few other podcasts with different subjects that you might benefit from listening to if you're in the process of deciding maybe to make a new APS. You are very welcome to send me an email if you have any questions. So my email address is Jonas, J-O-N-A-S, and then at Dania, and that's D-A-N-I-A, so D-A-N-I-A and then accounting.com. So Jonas at danieraccounting.com. Yeah, and feel free to ask me anything that, that might pop up after you listen to the podcast, and I'll do my best to help you out. So that was everything I wanted to say, so I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Bye.